This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. It's SETN Preps Podcast. I'm Chris Goforth. He's Chandler Morrison, and we welcome you in. It is a very special week for us here because not only is it the final week of the regular season, we have got a whole slew of podcasts that we are throwing your way this week. Of course, today, as we always do, we roll out our review of Friday night, and then coming up tomorrow on Tuesday, we're going to talk a little playoff scenario, if you will, with Donovan Stewart. We'll talk about some of our local teams. We'll also talk about some of those teams that some of our local teams will be facing in the first round or two of the playoffs, so we'll do that with Donovan Stewart. And then Wednesday, we've got more with Donovan. Of course, Donovan writes for TNHighSchoolFootball.com. He's got some fantastic stuff and some great insight on some possible rule changes that are coming up for a vote with the TSSAA involving high school football. So we'll get into those on Wednesday. And then, of course, Chandler and I are back on Thursday. And on Thursday, we're going to break it down again the final week of the regular season in southeast Tennessee. So, Chandler, a whole lot to uh, to get into. And if you're ready, let's hop right into it because we've got some games from Friday night to take a look at. Got a lot of them. Let's start with uh, Notre Dame and CCS. Notre Dame wins it 29-7. They're region champs. It's huge for Notre Dame, Chandler, because now the path is there for them to be home all through the playoffs. They don't have to leave home until they get to Cookville. Yeah, Notre Dame showed up and showed us who they are. You know, for CCS, though, they they haven't, you know, know, they're still in that playoff. They still get to go in there, but... From then now, it's going to be harder for them to make any kind of run. You know, we, you know, I think they just had some injury bugs hit them. But the Irish look to be the team to beat these, Chris. I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this with Donovan, you know, here tomorrow. But, you know, I'll be interested to see if Notre Dame can fight their way to the state title game because the middle region this time, this year around, is supposed to be a little bit tougher. And we all know who's waiting for you in that title game out west. CCS had a 7-6 lead at the half, big first half from them, from Mondo Ellison, and then Notre Dame took over in the second half. They shut Ellison down, and and you saw what experience and depth looks like, and that's two things that Notre Dame has that CCS is still trying to build. And I know Mark Mariakis at CCS is not into moral victories, but I think you really got to like the way they came out and fought and played at the end of the day, Chandler, you just got to look at it and say, look, Notre Dame's the better team, and I think they've proved that on the field time and time again. Week one loss against Baylor, and it looks like they're uh, they're going to run the table now. And I don't know if they can can beat Lausanne or whatever that team is over in, in uh, West Tennessee again, but I like their chances to at least get there. Looks like CCS will. Their game this week against Grace from Knoxville – We'll have some real heavy playoff implications. Chandler and I will talk more about that coming up on Thursday. Let's go to Signal Mountain and Saudi Daisy now, where Signal Mountain wins at 14 to nothing. Don't look now, but the Eagles have won five in a row, and suddenly, Chandler, all my early season hype of Signal Mountain, they're kind of starting to make me look smart now, finally. I said earlier this season that when Signal Mountain started to win games, in Saudi Daisy, and I think they had the not Catholic win. I, t- I said this matchup would be an interesting matchup, and of course, it got lost to the wayside. We had a lot of good games this week. We did the previews, 
it did not disappoint. This was one where Signal had everything to win, Scotty had everything to lose. This really hurts Scotty's momentum, I think. Anytime you lose to someone in a lower classification than you, it hurts your momentum. But it does nothing but catapult Signal. If Redback stays healthy, the playoffs are theirs, you know, through at least the, the semifinal, or it's through at least the quarterfinals, Chris. But, but Signal Mountain is just impressive through the air. And I think that if they can get on a run here late and they can get on a run here late, they might have a chance to get an upset or two in that first or second round. But uh, both both touchdown passes from Drew Lowry, Drew, Drew Lowry, I'm getting ahead of myself, Chris, were 30-plus yard plays. The single defense, though, impressive, holding that Saudi Daisy and that impressive line for Saudi Daisy to nada. Zero, a goose egg on the board. That I think that's the most impressive thing to take away from this, Chris. A couple things about both of these teams. I think it's amazing what one player can mean. Signal Mountain, early in the season, they changed when Drew Lowry went from wide receiver to quarterback. And mm-hmm. when that happened, everything changed. The difference in that offense with Lowry being the trigger man is unreal. He makes them go. If he stays at wide receiver, now he's probably one of the receiving leaders in the area. I mean, his name's going to be at the top of that list or near the top of that list in the paper every week. But as much as as quarterback, as a quarterback, he makes Signal Mountain so much better. You look at his numbers against Saudi, 8 out of 12, 136 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You mentioned the big plays, the splash plays they had to get those touchdowns. Now, on the flip side of this, Saudi lost their quarterback, Gavin Chambers, on the second drive of the game, and you have to think that had to slow this offense down a little bit. Saudi's going to have to beat Walker Valley, and then they're going to have to hope for some help from Knox Catholic. But they've still got a shot, Chandler, to win Region 4-5A. Yeah, we talked about this, I think, in the previews the past few weeks. You know, with that with that Saudi Daisy win over Ray, that put everything into, into limbo. And you had this confusing thing now where Saudi Daisy wins and another win their first place. But you've got three or four teams right now in the last week of the season that can steal win win that region. So that's gonna be key for Saudi. Uh on the on the Chambers injury, Chris, uh, is that one of those that's just out for the season or is he out for the game or what what is the status on that one? Now I think he's expected to be back. Now their backup quarterback broke yeah. his leg later on in that game and so I think he is out now for the rest of this, you know, for the rest of the season and, the, you know, ever how long the playoff run is for them. I think Chambers will be back for them this week. So that's good news for Saudi Daisy. One of the big stories, one of the good feel-good stories, if you will, of high school football the last couple of weeks has been the play of East Ridge. After a horrible start to the season, Pioneers had been able to win a couple. I really like their chances going in against Howard, but Howard took control of this one. They won it 46-22. to Howard locks up a playoff berth, and they knock East Ridge out. Howard and East Hamilton, they will play this week for the number three spot in Region 2-4A. The loser will end up in fourth place. Alonzo Russell, the quarterback at East Ridge, another good effort from him, 18 out of 31, 236, three touchdowns and an interception. East Ridge, though, in a lot of ways, Chandler, they kind of beat themselves. Howard had two fumble returns for a touchdown, and they had a kick return for a touchdown. You take those three touchdowns off the board, this suddenly becomes a different game. The thing about this one, Chris, I think that you hate to see this for, for East Ridge being the, you know, the story they were. 
but Howard coming in and just saying, listen, you know, this is our game to win. We're going to come in and win it. That's, that's impressive there. Alonzo Russell, I mean, Chris, those stats are just mind-boggling in the loss. He was responsible for all three touchdowns there. It just wasn't enough to get the win. I hate this for Russell because I believe, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he's this is his senior season. It is. Um, so I hate to see a kid finally come into his own and finally get his groove right near the end of the senior season, and especially near the end of a senior season where this game was the one that decided playoffs. I wish we had another season to watch this kid because let me tell you something. The first few weeks, whatever, but the last three or four weeks to watch this kid play. He's been electric. He's been electric, phenomenal, one of the better. I mean, I think he's on our list of, you know, top quarterbacks in the area now after these last just three or four weeks. One downside to this game, 20 penalties combined, 225 yards, and each team had a player ejected. Golly, hate to say that. Yeah, well, you don't want to have to be down a guy going into week, you know, into the final week of the season either, and that's what both of them are looking at now. Let's go to Red Bank, where they uh, the Lions had no problem with Lenore City, 42-7. to Red Bank remains unbeaten. Chandler, I just like that. I like saying that. I'm happy for Red Bank. I'm happy for that community because that is a community that is stuck by and they have supported that program through good times. They've supported them through some lean times, and it's just been a great year for Red Bank. 464 yards of total offense. Calvin Jackson had 213 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns. I think it's pretty safe to say that he's healthy. One guy for Red Bank, though, this year on the offensive side that we haven't talked about has been Maddox Wilkie. He threw four touchdowns. Get a load of these numbers. 22 out of 28, 322 yards, four touchdowns Friday night. Yeah, and that's just what you want to see out of your quarterback. Going in, you know, going into the last game of the season, you've got, you know, I mean, the thing for Red Bank is they're, they're only going to get better. And, and you go into the, the playoffs, especially against the slate you're going to have to play, for, you know, Calvin Jackson, you know, he wasn't great on the ground, but he went, he had 147 yards through the air. So, I mean, you know, he, you know, if he's not on the ground, he's in the air. And then you've got a quarterback in Wilkie that he's just been, he's just impressive. I think this team is coming together really nice before the end of the season. I think the beginning of the season, we thought this is a really great team. Middle of the season, there was some doubts, I guess, even though they were still winning, there were some doubts as to what that offense would be. And now they are firing on all cylinders, Chris. This, this was going to boil down to Upperman, Sapache, and Red Bank in that quarterfinal matchup, one of those three. But Red Bank looks like the clear favorite right now. So they just continue to give no doubt as to how good they are. The Red Bank defense has been great. I think it's been underrated by people all year long. Everybody wants to talk about Jackson. They want to talk about this offense. Look, when Jackson was out, there's been times this year when the Red Bank defense has carried them. Yep. And nobody wants to talk about the Red Bank defense. They've been fantastic. By the way, Red Bank gets Loudon this week. They're going to finish 9-0. Let's go to the game that I think a lot of people, I guess us included, talked a lot about last week. Thought it was maybe the game of the week. That was Ottawa in Cleveland. Ottawa with a 34-20 win. Sincere Quinn, 157 yards on 23 carries. Kyrell Samford throws two touchdown passes. He adds 98 yards rushing. Those are the two guys when it comes to Udawa. I mean, look, if you're going to beat Udawa, you got to stop both of those guys. They get off to a slow start again, and, and Cleveland was in this game well into the second half. I don't think the final score of this one, Udawa winning by 14, really tells you just how close this game was throughout most of the game, Chandler. 
Yeah, Uwa didn't fellowship. You know, we talk about the big play. You know, those two guys, you know, Quinn, Sanford, they're just the one-two punch that you have to stop both of them or you're not going to stop this Udawa offense. You know, and, and it's, this is good for this team coming off that, that Maribel loss. They hung in. They hung tough for the win. You know, this wasn't really close, so this put some snuggly in the second place outside of a major upset. Chris, let me tell you something. Udawa's key to success in the playoffs, get Sincere Quinn mad. Okay, here's the story. <laughs> Quinn reads midway through the week. There's a quote in the paper from a Cleveland player saying that they, that Udawa would lay down if they were any if Cleveland was anywhere near physical Friday night, and Quinn put up 117 yards on the ground, and, you know, and add that to what Sanford had. So beware to any teams that want to beat Udawa. Don't be talking smack during the week. Don't be pulling a Vanderbilt on Bama here, okay? <laughs> well, and I'll tell you one other thing too about Udawa, and I think this: if they're going to lose in the playoffs, this will be the reason why. They've got to come out of the gates faster. Yeah. You know, because, look, when you get into the playoffs, first off, you're not going to run into a lot of teams that have better players than Quinn and Sanford. I truly believe that. I don't care what level. But if you spot teams in the playoffs a lead, you fall behind early, eventually you're going to be able to run into somebody you're not going to be able to catch up. And I think Udawa is good enough to get that rematch with Maryville in the quarterfinals. But even that game, I think, may come down to how do you start. And I know people want to say, well, it's, you know, it's about how you finish. And, and I can agree with that to a degree. But if you're Udawa, and you've got to come out a little bit faster, a little more urgency out of the gate than what we've seen from them the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Chris, I think part of this, too, is, you know, they had the big play offense. They just can't ever get it going early. We've seen them in the games against Min County. Sonny Daisy, Bradley Central, you know, we've seen those big plays come alive near the end of the game. And so for them, there hasn't been incentive really to start off fast or start off early. So can they get started off early? I think that's going to be the difference between them fighting in the fourth quarter and and being comfortable at the end of the game or even winning the game in general, Chris. Chandler, let's hop into our top five. We do this every week. We give you our top five in the large schools. We give you our top five in the small schools. Large schools, we classify it as 4A, 5A, 6A, and the private schools. So, Chandler, let's go. I'm going to do mine first. I'm going to go in reverse order. I've still got Grace in at uh, at number five. They're 6-2 and two now. I know they lost on Friday night, but honestly, Chandler, I thought a lot about this. I uh, I poured over the numbers. I just can't justify putting a four or five loss team in the top five. I can't do it. I can't do it. And that's the reason why I've got Grace number five. Bradley Central in at number four. Ottawa at number three. Notre Dame up to number two. That's where I'm leaving the Fighting Irish right now. And Macaulay remains my number one team in the top five of the large classifications. Chandler, what do you have? Well, number five, I changed things up a little bit. Uh, you know, it's just I had Saudi in there last week. The loss to Signal really, really hurt them. Right now, and I love what Grace is doing. I just can't put them in after that win. I know they're a great team. and They've had a great story. For me, right now at five, and this may shock you a little bit, I've got Baylor in there because they did get the home playoff first uh, with, with the win this week. And the thing about Baylor is I think that they may not make a huge, huge run, but I think when you look at the teams that are fighting for that five spot, I think that if you put them up against Baylor right now, Baylor 
is the, is is probably the favorite in those games. Number four, I've got Notre Dame. I think they were impressive. I still got them at number four, but I've got Bradley Central at three, Uwa at two. I swapped Bradley and I, I swapped Udawa and Bradley. The, the Cleveland win was very impressive for me with Udawa. And of course, I don't know how you can take McCauley off of the the one spot there, Chris. Be interested to hear when we talk to uh, Donovan Stewart tomorrow what his take is on uh, Macaulay football and uh, how far he thinks they can go in the uh, Division II playoffs. All right, let's go to the small schools. Chandler, how about you lead us off? Uh, we'll start at number five with the small schools. At number five right now, I'm still I'm sticking to my guns here. I may be a homer or whatever. Uh, I've got Sequatchie County at number five. Um, I think that, you know, they've got this game coming up with Upperman. If they lose this game, they're out. But I think right now they look really impressive. Um, and the only two things about them is that South Pittsburgh win at the beginning of the season looks really bad. That's the only thing that looks bad, really, on this record. Number four, I've got Red Bank in. Uh, number three, I've got Will. And, and I know a lot of people are probably looking at that and thinking, Will over Red Bank. Red Bank's been impressive. You have a common opponent. I don't like to look at scores, but they're pretty comparable, Chris. I think that if they match up right, right now here today, we might see a, you know, a close game between those two. And then number two, I've got Megs County. Number one, I've got Tyner. For me, though, I think that Megs County and Tyner is as close as ever been. I actually was thinking about flip-flopping this week, Chris. I just, I just couldn't do it. I, I just, you know, I just couldn't do it. I think. Tyner right now has still just got that the edge with the competition. All right. When I go uh, to number five, my, my top five basically in the small schools is pretty much uh, unchanged. Yeah. Uh, South Pittsburgh still number five, Whitwell number four, Red Bank number three, Tyner two, Megs County one. And, again, it's, it's almost like Megs is 1A and Tyner's 1B. I mean, that's kind of how that will kind of solve itself. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to find out. I, I think that's going to be. You talk about games you would pay to go see. Uh, Tyner Megs County would be one that uh, folks need to pay to go see because that is a should be one heck of a battle when the two of them hook up. So my top five in the small schools did not change for this week. You ready to do a little highlight, low light, fail? Oh, I'm always ready. All right, let's go with our highlights of the week. What do you have, Chandler? What's your highlight? from this past Friday night of prep football in Southeast Tennessee? For me, it has to be that Udawa win over Cleveland. I, I know that it was, you know, it, it was a close game. Sincere Quinn with amazing performance and just getting angry at some dudes and putting them on the ground, Chris. That, for me, is a highlight. The second thing, it's with this game, too, it kind of, it kind of plays into this region. McMinn County is now in the driver's seat. Next week becomes a... A playoff game. You win, you're in. You lose, you go home. They play Cleveland next week because of the student loss to Ottawa. The winner of the Cleveland McMahon County game will be the fourth seed there in six A. And and we talked about McMahon County all year. They've been really impressive. I would not want to mess with them in the playoffs, especially in the first or second round, Chris. And now they've got that situation where they can do it. The only trouble is Cleveland is also in the same position, and they're going to have just as much motivation. My highlight of the week, and I've got two that I wanted to mention. One is Notre Dame winning another region championship. I've known Charles Fant for, gosh, what, 18, 19 years now. It's been a long time. Um, I think the world of Coach Fant, I think he's a heck of a coach. Um, I don't think you'll find any kid that doesn't love to play for Charles Fant. And the thing is, he just makes it fun. And 
obviously it's a whole lot more fun when you win. And Notre Dame's certainly done a lot of that. So I'm I'm proud for Coach Fant, and I'm I'm happy that uh, Notre Dame won another region championship. That's one of my highlights of the week. The other one, we talk so much about Calvin Jackson. My highlight of the week's got to be Maddox Wilkie and how he played for Red Bank at quarterback. Big night for him. And actually, now that I think about it, Chandler, I think Red Bank is a highlight for me. Red Bank right now being unbeaten on the year, 8-0, a chance to finish out the regular season, 9-0 and unbeaten. I, I think Red Bank, that story itself, period, is a highlight for me. Let's move on to our lowlights of the week. Um, I'll go first with this one. My lowlight is, is Howard and East Ridge combining for 20 penalties. Each team had a player ejected. Howard, by the way, had 12 penalties in that game. East Ridge had eight. I mean, when you get this close to playoff time, and I know that's a big game and, and a bit of a rivalry there, I mean, you just can't do that this time of year. No, Chris, you can't. My, my little lot for the week, um, and, and this is not, and I, I, don't, I don't want it to seem like this, this is not a, a nag on Marion County because you have your natural cycles that go through with these teams. You know, they go up and down. They have the highs and lows. Marion County, with the loss to Loudon, finishes its first losing season. This is kind of even a little bit of a testament to how good this program has been. First losing season since 2011. You know, and, and this is not a this is not a nag on Marion County. This is not you know throwing them down. This is a natural cycle, especially for two A one A teams, smaller schools. They go up, they go down. It's a roller coaster throughout the years, and right now they're coming down the roller coaster. Uh, and hopefully they'll be up in the next you know two or three years. I, I think that's how it'll be, Chris. But but to see this much success for a program the past year, and and then just. But didn't have the season they had. There are a lot of factors in that, Chris. I know there are. You know, they went from the wing two to the spread. You know, they don't. They didn't have. I don't think they had as much talent as they had in the past few years. But they they to see them be, have a losing team, Chris. That that's the low light of the week for me. My fail of the week, Chandler, is the Cleveland player who was quoted in the paper last week <laughs> saying that Udawa would lay down if you took it to them physically. I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier. That's kind of the equivalent of chanting, we want Bama, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, that that right there. I bet you I, – I wonder how much, how many regrets he had Saturday morning when he woke up. I wonder how sore he was when he woke up Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, my fail of the week, this is not something we talked about, but, you know, we had Polk County. We talked about Polk County last week. They lost to Bledsoe County 3-0. This week – it's kind of like a slip of the script, Chris, because they have a good game against Max County, as good a game as you could have against Max County, let's say that. They hold the, the Tigers to their lowest scoring total of the season. They hold them to under 35 points for the first time this season. 24-3 was the final on that. I, I had this to fail because Max County, they've been so good this season that scoring 20, only 24 points in a ball game. Is really for them a fail, and I, I'm sure they got a bunch good after that game, Chris. Wow, you're a tough critic, man. You're a tough <laughs> critic. You expect you know, unrealistic expectations, you and your score 35 a game. All right, Chandler. <laughs> it's been fun. We've got more coming this week. We've got uh, a Tuesday podcast with Donovan Stewart. We've got a Wednesday podcast with Donovan Stewart. You and I are back on Thursday with more SETN preps right here we'll take a look at the final week of the regular season i think it's safe to say 
this week, if it doesn't have playoff implications, we're pretty much not going to be talking about it. We're looking at region matchups and games that have playoff implications on Thursday. Should be fun.